0: Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And it's Jesus driving out impure spirits. They went to Capriam, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as a teacher of the law. But just as a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teacher, and with what authority he even gives orders to unpure spirits, and they obey him. Never about him, or excuse me, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Mark, for reading that. And now may the words of my mouth, but the meditations that are received from all of our hearts, Be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God, and our Creator. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff that the kernels up behind might truly nourish us. And we ask this in the peace and comfort of the Holy Gospel. Amen. There was a guy by the name of Jerry Angstrom. And Jerry had a fierce fear of flying. Now, if he'd have ridden with Greg or with me, he wouldn't have had that fear, you know. But, but he, he had never been in a plane before. He'd never flown. So, so Jerry, nothing, never, nothing bad had ever happened to him uh, in the air or on the ground to, to make him fear that giant 747 that was going to be taking him to his vacation trip in the Key West. He just simply could not bring himself to do it, and so every time he thought about stepping onto that airplane, his mind would just race with thoughts of doom and and gloom, and he would be thinking, "Oh my gosh, what if the what if the plane crashed what What if the engine failed and and uh he would just ring just uh, everything was going into his mind what what if i die i'm putting my life into this stranger flying that airplane and so as he got to thinking about that he thought you know i think i'd really be happier just staying at home and and I'll relax by the pool and and I'll just forget about this trip after all did he really want to see Key West. Well, Jerry has what we call the fear of flying. But guess what? So do most of us at one time or another. And it has nothing to do with airplanes. It does, however, have to do with fear. Big fear, deep fear, consuming fear, paralyzing fear. And that kind of fear keeps you from not only from doing the things that you want to do, but it keeps you from being the person that you really are. How about those in in recovery programs? Whether they're from drugs or alcohol or from trauma, they know the intense power that fear wields over the the human psyche. And everyone Everyone knows someone that goes through grief or trauma or a dilemma. But yet, when you ask that person, how do you feel, what is the answer you get? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, fine is our code word for I'm going to stay in my emotionally safe place so that I I don't need to face my pain. I'm going to refuse to feel it. I'm going to refuse to acknowledge it. I'm going to refuse to talk about it. And definitely, I'm going to refuse to let it out of that deeply buried place to where I have it locked in. So I'm fine. That means, and I am in no circumstance letting you into my inner sanctum. I'm fine means that I choose to survive instead of fully live. Why? Because fine is fueled by fear. Fear of recovery, fear of healing, fear of growth, fear of coming out of hiding, fear of revealing ourselves. And so you might say, well, no, no, wait a minute, Pastor. Fear of recovery, you say. Now, why in the world would anyone not want to recover from an addiction? Why would anyone not want to be healed from trauma? Or maybe to overcome grief, or to engage in wellness and growth, or why would anyone not want to embrace life? Well, because it is easier to embrace pain. It's easier to hide fear than breaking out and and navigating into a difficult world. It's easier to live with a familiar than to have to rediscover how to live anew. And not only that, but we have, we know that acknowledging and facing our fears, coming out of that, that place of hiding, stepping into to new and unknown territory, trying new things, being our authentic self, that will cause us to have to face down our fear. Look it straight in the eye and to feel the pain of whatever trauma life has laid upon our spirits. <clears throat> you know, growing pain's require our engagement. Fear allows us to stay disengaged from the unknown for fear for losing control. Now, we may be withering in in misery, but we are more terrified to step out of that desolate place as it requires us to let go of that familiar pain. We have learned to derive our identity from pain instead of who we really are. And once we have lost touch with who we really are, we have lost touch with who we are. We are petrified that we have disappeared. And in a sense, we have just been addicted to our pain. We have become prisoners of our fear. So, if we go back to Mark's scripture that you read this morning, we see Jesus interrupt the teaching in the synagogue, and of course the synagogue was the, the church, uh, and he was in Capernaum, and he, was, and he began to heal and address an unclean spirit. Now, I want you to notice that the emphasis in the story is not that of Jesus' teaching, and we note that people are impressed that he teaches with authority. In other words, he they think this guy knows what he's talking about. But we don't even know what it was that he was teaching that day. So let's let's that's but that's not to focus on Mark's message. Mark focuses on Jesus' engagement with a man whom he detects, a faith a fearful spirit, an event that would, would keep people's Tongues wagging for a good long time. So here's what happened. I want you to notice something else. While the members of the synagogue, if they're wondering as to what Jesus is doing, meanwhile there's this unclean spirit in a, in a man that, that doesn't that doesn't have to wonder for a single second. He immediately recognizes who Jesus is, and he confronts, and he said. You know, this is extremely important for us. This false spirit has been occupying this man. It's been keeping him bound in a false narrative and and hold his authentic self hostage. And so Jesus immediately says, what are you going to do to us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? He says, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. And then Jesus immediately, he commands the spirit to come out of him. And he's convulsing and crying with a loud voice. And the spirit came out and he left the man. That spirit no longer was inside of him. And he returned back to himself. So Jesus' healing has allowed this man to resume a life as an authentic human being. He's unbound by fear, pain, and trauma, and he's free to, to be a man that God created him to be. Now, just for a moment, I know they, they've just released a new Exorcist movie. I just love the first one, but I'm sure the second one will be even better. But let's, let's get away from Hollywood for just a minute. Let's forget about the Exorcist, and, and let's think of, of what this interaction really does mean to all of us. We all harbor demons at one time or another. We have the demons of fear and pain that prevent us from being authentically whole. It prevents us from engaging in relationships without shame or or guilt. That prevents us from seeing ourselves with a positive eye. And it prevents us from moving forward from our guilt and from our pain. Our demons hold us hostage and they block our attempts at intimacy and, and connection with others. They feed us false narratives. They pretend that they are going to protect our image and that we must feel and we must show the world And they tell us that we're unworthy, that we're shameful, that we're guilty. And they inject us with fears of rejection. And they assure us that that hiding away from our wounds is really better than feeling our pain. And so the masquerade as helpers who would hide and protect us. But in reality, they are keeping us from enjoying the beauty of life. And who we are—that we are created by God to be. You see, Jesus is and always will be a healer. He was one of this was one of his primary ministries because he knew and he understood the human condition, and the ease and and how the uh, the, the demons can affect our control and and, uh, and manipulate us into disengaging with God and also with others, even with ourselves. And so Jesus, with his healing hand, has the authority and the power to disrupt that narrative within us, to challenge our false identities, and to restore us with an authenticity that we have long hidden deeply within inside of ourselves. But our first reaction to Jesus if we're harboring trauma is guilt, shame, self-doubt, and we'll always be in fear. You know, this Bible has a lot of wisdom in it. And one phrase that particularly should strike a chord with Jesus' actions in our scripture today is the words when he says, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. God offers This phrase to us no less than 365 times in the scriptures alone. 365 times. Don't be afraid. Because God knows. As Jesus, Son of God, reminds us, fear is our greatest demon. Fear is the true opposite of faith. Faith and fear do not coexist. They do not coincide. One either lives in fear or in faith, but you don't live in both. So the question for all of us is, will we allow our demons to control us? Or will we offer our fears to God in faith and allow Jesus to fully and wholly heal us, to offer salvation in every sense possible? of the word. God created each and every one of us for a beautiful, authentic, amazing individual. We're all that. Jesus has the power to remake and restore us to that beauty at every point of our lives, if only we will let him. And you and all your intellect and your logic and your doubts Your reason may question if Jesus really does have the power today in our time to make a difference in the world. But trust me, deep down, your fears know him and know the power that he can wield in remaking your life. If you've been hiding for a long time, you may have lost touch with who you are. You may think that if you let go of your fear that you will lose your sense of identity. But Jesus is here to tell you it's just the opposite. Once you let go of your fear, you will find yourself. For when you lose your fear, you find the real thing waiting to emerge. And so in the words of Jesus, If your first concern is to protect yourself, you'll never find yourself. If you forget about yourself and you look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. And anyone finding his life will lose it. And anyone losing his life because of me will find it. And if you want to see that again, you can read that in Matthew 10. May your life be blessed and healed with wholeness. May you not allow fear to rule your life, but allow Jesus to re- resurrect you in ways that you cannot even begin to imagine. And may you know the joy of authenticity and courage and true life. And may your soul fly on the wings of the Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we we feel like, Jerry, oh, you know, we'd we'd love to go do that, but, you know, we're scared to death. So we'd rather just not do it rather than face the fear. And, Lord, I know that each and every one of us have fear at one time or another. And we learn to overcome it because we trust in you. We know that you're with us, that you'll give us the direction we need. So, Lord, if we have people this morning that have fear in their hearts, And they don't know which way to turn. And Lord, I pray that they will trust in you. That you will guide them, direct them in the way they need to be. And we thank you, Lord, for the love that you've shown us. And we have, in in turn, able to show others. So be with us, Lord, and help us overcome our fears. Amen.